the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur. My name is Dan Ledbear, and with me as always is the lovely and talented resident mama bird over at Little Bird Marketing, Priscilla McKinney. Good morning, Priscilla. Good morning. I've been playing my auto harp so much. <laughs> <laughs> much to the chagrin of your employees. You know, I... Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I got to tell you, we were developing a new talk. You know, I, I, I get invited to speak, sometimes keynote right. speaking, sometimes breakout sessions and things like that. And we were busting up laughing. But the new title of one of my speeches you could hire me to do it is called Why I Highly Recommend Auto Harps. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> now, were you doing that before you got the auto harp? No, this, oh. well, you mean doing the speaking and things yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. doing those things. But the, I, you know, you gotta renew your content and come up with fresh things. And that really inspired me. We talked about how important it is that, you know, you not be boring right. <laughs> when you go and speak for people. Right. What it's all about, um, that particular speech is about really owning your own voice and not only for your brand, but even in podcasting, how many times I've come up with self-doubt of right. I'm talking about what I want to talk about and how I see business and giving you my perspective. But you have self-doubt that creeps in sometimes and kind of makes you wonder, should I be more like these other people? who are successful? Should I be a marketing trainer? You know, these are all the things that are out there by a dime a dozen. Right, right. And sometimes you get thinking, oh, I should do what these people are doing or mimic it. And then you, then I have my moment and I go, no, I love the auto harp. <laughs> So it's it's kind of it's a rally cry for me to be like, you know, just be true to your own voice. Do your podcast, do your business, do your pitch to your clients, do your client relationship, do your relationship with your employees in a way that makes sense to you, your own authentic voice. Wow. And you really we, we can't could almost on. end the podcast right there. <laughs> Thanks for well, listening to Ponderings from the Purge. For those of you who are missing the little piece of information, I've wanted an auto harp forever and ever. And Dan actually bought me one this year for my birthday. And so we've been talking about it nonstop. I know. The only pro <laughs> I was looking uh, so hard for a flying V auto harp, but uh, sadly, they don't make those. Oh, oh, that would be rocking, huh? I know, right? I was thinking that'd be like a total 80s hair metal band auto okay. harp. But well, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but my daughter and I last night picked the song that we are going to do as a cover with the auto harp, but it's going to take a little doing, and I mean, you are going to be super impressed. So oh I like that. So we'll move on to what Oh, wow, you're not even going to tell me. No, I'm not going to tell you because it's just too good. You'll already imagine exactly how that goes down. Well, all I'm saying is uh, YouTube or it never happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, can I just say this? The uh, When we first uh, came on this morning and I used the... Uh, the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur. I have to tell you that I, uh, that is the tagline, the official tagline right. for ponderings from the purge, but it makes me laugh because the modern podcast makes it sound like there were old timey podcasts. <laughs> You know, like the guy uh, from uh, Pepperidge Farm going, yeah, back in the day when I had an old-timey podcast, we used <laughs> well, to hand-crank them. I love the image of someone hand-cranking a podcast, but you got to admit, there's sometimes you listen to a podcast and you think, did they make this in the 70s? Oh, my gosh. You know, it, like it feels like they're not modern, and yet all podcasts are modern in that sense, you know. Right. But it's, it's almost like they need to get that uh, that sound effect of, like, the scratchy record oh, in the yeah. background. Seriously, some of them just feel like they're just not with the times, you know. I don't know. It's, it's very odd. But, yeah, I think I just wanted to 
make sure that people knew that we had, you know, fresh perspectives and that we weren't going to go over the tried and true seven steps to what you need to do, you know, that it wasn't going to be that kind of a mentality. And, and I hate those kinds of um, predictive, you know, steps. And I I just, I hate that kind of approach really. Right. Well, now speaking of that, I have to tell you, because, well, you probably know this being that you check your uh, website stats all the time, but I was actually, (laughs) Perusing. That's funny. I was in a two-hour meeting yesterday with my team about that. And oh, really? Meeting, yeah, I don't. I just attend that meeting. I mean, someone else leads that meeting, my right. head of digital marketing. But yeah, I was. That was yesterday. Oh wow. <laughs> well, I was. I was going through the site as I often do, obviously to to listen to the podcast and to check stuff out. I, I noticed you did kind of a major overhaul of your site. Yeah, yeah, we just recently did. I'm I'm sure that in the next week or two, you'll see more tweaks. But, you know, the funny thing is that we change it all the time. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, that's actually one of my pet peeves about websites is people come to us and say, oh, we really need to buy a website. And so, right. you know, they buy a website, but they just assume, well, or even not even assume, they just say it out loud. Okay, that'll last us for a good seven or eight years, right? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> it's not like a pair of shoes. No, it's not like a parachute. Wow, really? So people... like a parachute. I was going to have to try to figure out how is a website like a parachute. Ooh, that's a good. Actually, that's a really good. Uh, that's a very good um, analogy for mm-hmm. for a website because if it's, I mean, it's only open for a short period of time. But it's critical. But it's critical. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hey, we made that up together on the fly. It's we so did. Cool. We did. I'm I'm going to write that down. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> well, let's talk about let's talk about that then. Okay. So when you're talking to businesses mm-hmm. about marketing, and uh, especially nowadays where uh, an online presence is such a huge part of your marketing, thing. I mean, if some you you really can't be a business and not have some sort of online presence. Right. Even if you're not selling something online, you are interacting with clients. You right. are, you know, and even in now. You have to be on there just so someone can find the directions to your place. Oh, good like God. Just no kidding. Bottom line, they, this is people are on their phones despite what you hear on the news that flip phones are making a comeback. That's with the three richest people in the world. That's not going to happen. It's not going to drop down. Okay. <laughs> the, it, and you know, and that is so funny too, just a side commentary is this idea of what is becoming now trending of luxury and high end is the fact that you can disconnect. Yes. Whereas before it was, you know, luxury and high end if you had the best phone and you could connect more, be more connected. Right. Now you're saying, well, I have an assistant for that. Yeah. (laughs) If I had three people who take care of all of every email and every phone and every personal item (laughs) I've ever needed, I could go get away with just a flip phone, too. (laughs) Right. But it's a tool. And that's the point is that our smartphones are tools. And any more Forget having a website to sell something. You have to have a website so people can actually call you and make an appointment or find you when they've already made an appointment and they're driving there and they forgot that that you moved or they realize, you know, yeah, I, I just left it to the last minute because I figured, you know, they're on that side of town and now I need to find out where. Oh, that's so true. I, you know, one thing I've noticed for me when I'm in those predicaments mm-hmm. is I'll go to somebody's website, they don't have a mobile version, and it's like, it's. I feel like I'm. I'm in this vast wasteland that I have to keep sliding my phone, you know, the screen to to try and find an address on there. And I I eventually end up getting so frustrated that I get off of that and I go to Yelp. 
to well, where I, I can access their information. Right, right. And then some of them don't, don't even list themselves on Yelp, you know. Right. And that that's that's when you travel, you discover that because in big cities, you're not going to see that as much. But even younger businesses aren't listed and and then maybe closed businesses are, you know, so it's not always accurate there. But you're right. You hit on that, the idea of it being mobile. I was so frustrated I was just recently in Asheville, North Carolina, and I was trying to call a hotel because a friend of mine that I was going to meet for dinner was at that hotel. And it's a nice little boutique hotel. Beautiful. The website was very pretty. I could not find the phone number. And when I finally found it, I am not joking. I literally had to pull over and look for it. When I finally found it, it was printed without the hyperlink, I couldn't immediately call it. I couldn't click the number and call it. What? And then I tried to cut and paste it, but it was it was such time. It was just getting so frustrating. Right, right. And it didn't have the area code. <laughs> I had to go find out what's the area code of Asheville, North Carolina, and then go into my phone, remember the number, put it in. I, no oh. joke. I'm just like people, you're killing me. You By that time, it's just about you. Probably just want to sleep in your car. Well, the reality was I drove there. I went, I, I saw the address. I copied and pasted it and put it there and I drove there and I was sitting out front. But the problem was it wasn't a real parking spot and it was really bad parking. So I oh. couldn't leave the car. At that point, I was already there, but I couldn't really walk in. So I still needed to call. It was just so dumb. My point is this. It was so dumb. It's like, can you think even, and now you've gone through the, the process of building a website that's beautiful but it's totally unusable. Right. What, is, what is the point of that? So that idea of it being clickable, being mobile friendly, you know, like I said, got to have the area code. It can't be, you know, in an image. It needs to be actual text. <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, but, you know, having Google um, Maps attached or some kind of map attached is like, want directions? Click here. And it brings me to, you, you can just assume that people are on phones when they're looking for directions, right? Right, right. So bringing you to MapQuest or Google, I don't care what you want to use, but good night, you know, use it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, honestly here, we don't, I, I can tell you, I don't think we know how to build a non-mobile responsive website anymore. Oh, wow. If you asked me to, I don't, I'm sure somebody could figure it out, but I <laughs> Right. I don't even talk about mobile response, uh, responsive websites really in that sense, because there aren't any other kinds of websites, in my opinion. <laughs> well, now, tell, tell me about that. Like, how has that been, being that, well, obviously, you guys are a well-established uh, hardcore marketing company. How has the conversations been with businesses that have been around for a long time mm-hmm. and had finally made the jump into uh, having an online presence, number one, how has that been convincing them that they actually need two websites? You know what I mean? Like having the the basic, the big one for obviously computer access and having a mobile-friendly one. Because I can imagine it would be like, well, I got my website. Why do I need another one? Well, I don't build two websites, which is interesting. Um, we build one mobile responsive. And, yeah, I guess internally, yeah, we are truly building two because we're collapsing right, certain right. things and everything. But I, I guess I don't use those terms that we're building two to them, which is fine. I'm, I suppose that is true. But I think, first of all, you said, how do I convince people? And, number one, I think there's no convincing. Um, really? I really I really don't. I, I can ask questions and help them self-discover this. 
And I usually just walk them through, okay, tell me about the last time you looked for a new dentist. Tell me about the last time, you know, you wanted to price out sheet metal. Tell me about the last time that I don't care what it was and let them walk through their own process and let them see what works, what's not. Um, and so for me, that's just, it's, it really is a self-discovery. And so I don't, that's just more my approach. I'm not a, let me tell you the three reasons why you need to have this and this and that. I just don't do that. But I do try and get over those mentalities like, well, we're going to buy this once. I hear that a lot. Right. Um, and then I also get people out of the idea like, if you build it, they will come. Let, right. let me explain to you. Ain't nobody coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like living at the end of a cul-de-sac and having a lemonade stand. Right. <laughs> And expecting the entire city to show up. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's the conversation I like to have is, is why. Why are people going to come to your site and how are they going to come to your site? That's really more the conversation I have to the point to which building the website becomes such a like way down the list. And obviously we're content marketers and that's really we have a lot of expertise there. And so we're definitely going to take more of a tack where we're talking about the content. So let we'll talk about the content in a minute, but let me tell you a couple of things that I do tell people as a matter of facts about websites oh, and please. like that drive me crazy about what people don't do or what they don't know. But half the time people who come to me, they if they had a website, they have they admit they haven't been on it for, you know, at least a year. Oh good lord. They don't even know what's out there. They don't know what their clients are seeing. They don't know what problems they're having. I guarantee you if someone from that hotel had just looked up their website for just a minute on its phone, like literally while they're waiting for the dentist, they would have seen like eight things that they could have changed that probably would have cost them under a hundred bucks that would have way improved their website and probably fixed everything that was on it. But the other thing is loading times. People don't realize that older technology that they've used is really affecting um, what's going on on their website. And the current rate is that if people are waiting over three seconds to load, there's a 40% across the board abandoned rate. How, how long? How many seconds? Three seconds. Wow. It has to be done before two, but three that you'll have an absolute jump ship. Wow, that is crazy. So people haven't gone on there and seen how long it takes to load. And here's the other thing. Because things cache, they don't really know it because they're at their desktop and they've looked at their site 20 times. Let's just just say they are a client who does look at their website. Well, their computer has cached it, and so it's not reloading all those things. So they're not really having the experience that their client is having. They need to go to a different computer or delete their cache or go to their phone, go to some other device and actually go to their website for the first time. Mm. That's a really good key because then when they sit in front of me and I load it up and I've never been on their website, uh, which I'm, you know, I obviously, if I know they're coming in, I've done research, but I clear my cache and let it start from the very beginning. Right, right. And it's a shocker to some people. Wow, this is slow. God, I already hate this site, you know? Yeah. But then on the other hand, I got a lot of people who come in here and they already know they hate their site. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Actually, <laughs> actually, that's you beat the first step already. Right, that. right. And I do try and make 
people feel better about it. I'm like, well, here's the thing, you know, you can sit here and feel bad about how crappy your website is, or you could be so happy that you've been so successful in business that now you're sitting down talking with an expert about it. Right. So I kind of try and change that perspective. But yeah, the mobile thing and the loading times and the idea that I'm going to do this one time and uh, let me know how long this is going to last. It should be always reforming. And that's a really, a really good process you should have. It's not just when you have a new employee that you should put their picture up. Right. Your content, your welcome, your call to actions, everything that's on there should be getting some kind of an overhaul or at least some kind of modification. I think it quarterly, you know, depending on your industry, there can be some other types of changes. Maybe there are some industries that could stand to, you know, keep things static a little bit longer, Sure. you know, where maybe some predictability might be more appreciated. Like I, I'll use this as an example. I do have a client that, that sells metal and I mean like, Lots of metal, right? Major regional player. Oh, wow. Well, those kinds of people, like, they're, you, know, you have to understand your audience. And those guys who are using the site use it as a tool, not as, hey, let me click around and see. Let me see how this interacts. You know, right, right. they want to know where stuff is. Great, 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 great navigation and be able to find their stuff quickly. You know, you have to kind of assess why are you building a website? And I, I go, you, you've heard me go back to that with everything. Someone says, hey, Priscilla, can you do that? Sure, sure can. I love money. Love taking your money. Why are we doing this? Right. So we have to understand why are we doing it? Are we trying to sell things online? Are we trying to tell our story or are we just trying to be, you know, get people to us like directional thing? Are we trying to do content so that people find us? Are we going for organic SEO or is it a tool for our salespeople in our already existing company? I mean, there's just all different reasons you would build a website. And before we do anything, we just need to know why. Right. Yeah. Well, now, so we've covered a couple things already. Mm-hmm. What are some of the biggest hurdles you've seen in talking to people about their website, or I guess maybe some of the biggest hurdles isn't the right way to say it. What are some of the major faux pas that people do when they're building Mm -hmm. a website? Mm -hmm. I think that would be uh, a better one because I can think of a few right off the bat, like like not making your links clickable or or like using using the phone number and address in a in an image. Oh, yeah. To where you can't cut and paste like because that's. I would have to say over the last, like, two two to three years, mm-hmm. the biggest way that I get directions for anything is I'll go to the web page, highlight the text, put it into ways, and then go there. But if it's if it's on a, a picture, on a JPEG or something, right. it's like, I can't do that. And it's like I have, like you said, I have to remember, I have to look. Okay, it's 4123. Oh, crap. What was the street? 4321. Four, oh, wait. Four, yeah, right. exactly. And then you're like, oh, yeah. Right. The mo- how many uhs you have, that's yes. how bad your website is. <laughs> that is a technical term. Yes, so, it is. Yeah, if it's, it's not, it will be now. Well, let's talk about internal links for just a minute because it pertains to navigation. And that's one of those things that people typically do pretty poorly. Right is really poor navigation, but it's not just that navigation bar. People tend to think, well, I got my bar. It's really clear. I've got everything there. But the internal links are really important also in order to navigate people around. So say, for example, say you're looking to hire me as a speaker. And so you're looking at that. And then I mention in the speaking thing that I have a podcast or I say, when I talk about speaking, on this blog or, you know, something like that. Can you just reference that and link me right within your own page to that thing you're talking about so that it's not my job to go find it? Please. Mm. Or for four. 
help a girl right. out, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so you're just thinking about there is like a whole final element of really going through and looking for internal links. And that's understanding that people are really more what I call Easter egging. They're not going in for one particular reason. Sometimes they'll Easter egg that, oh, I discovered this. I discovered, oh, look over here. Oh, there's something hidden here. Right. Oh, look what I found. Here's this little thing, you know, and they keep that's that's when you get those nice long times, uh, long session times where people stay on your website. And that's a really good indicator. And that happens not only because of good navigation, but also because of really great internal links. So I know some of these things are kind of related. It's just we're, we might be popping around to a lot of things, but that's another issue that that drives me crazy is that there are just no internal links on yes. a website and they just expect that I am going to commit to memory their flow chart and their wireframe and I know exactly where to go find this. Right, right. <laughs> but let's talk about content because I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, and then absolutely. We'll talk about that a little bit, but the, don't let me forget. Let's just talk about analytics at the end. Well, here's the, here's the thing. I, as far as content goes, I, <laughs> I know we we pretty much had a whole podcast about that before, yeah. but I don't think I really don't think that that can be stressed enough. That you may have a great looking website, mm-hmm. but it's what's inside it that are, is going to keep people coming back and wanting to be there and in, and wanting to engage you. Right. And people get really hung up on keywords and using them so that, you know, we have the organic SEO and all this kind of, and I, and I'm all for that. But I think what happens is that people forget that they are writing for humans too. Right. And so all of a sudden we're like writing for these keywords and then we're writing for, and this is a thing I hate for posterity. Oh, like, good Lord. This company is bit like, since 1999, I literally had to, had a client want me to write this on a website. Since 1999, they have been blah, blah. I'm like, listen, 17 years ain't anything I really think we should be touting. Right. You know? yeah. Like it, and here's the thing. Who cares? Right. The client does not care if you've been doing this for 17 years. They care if you're any good at it. Right. 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 And so content, let's go. So this is what we're talking about. Content. All of a sudden, it's like, People talk to me and have like, there'll be an amazing owner and they have a passion for what they're doing and they put all the effort behind daily improvement to what they do. They're knocking it out of the park and then they want me to write their copy and it sounds like since 1999, we have been delivering quality service. I mean, literally that I could have just written copy for a company that sells fire hydrants or someone who walks you through your transgender operation. Wow. I mean, literally, like, how is that any different? How is that special? Right. Anybody, you know, how is that a thing? <laughs> you know, it just becomes this posterity speak that people think you have to have on websites, but you don't. Right. Just tell right. me what's the compelling why? Why should I care? Why should I interact with you? And you told me right at the beginning that you noticed that we changed our website. Yeah. So I'll give my confession. I'm always confessing crap to you. You are, I know. It's all, let me put on my priest collar. Go ahead. It came from a reality and feedback that we solicited from clients and people who didn't become clients that people really like us. They really admire us. They think we're going to be way more expensive than they can. They feel embarrassed to ask and they don't know how to engage with us. They don't know where, like, there's not a, where, where's, what's the first step? 
like what's the starting point? And we're like, what can we call this package? Or what can we call this relationship? You know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, of course. I mean, how I can't expect that they understand the agency world. Right. So I'm having to do a little bit more. And you'll see on the front page, the changes, there's like, I'm breaking it down. Look, you can work with us if you want a traditional agency approach. You want us to sign all the contracts for your billboards, for actually produce your TV spots, come up with those TV spots, and actually broker the media. You want us to do contests. You want us to do events. You want us to do print. You know, we got tons of graphics. You have internal graphics. You know, oh, this is traditional, right? right? Then we have people who come to us, and the only thing that they pay, they pay an annual retainer for content marketing. So we have put them on the HubSpot dashboard and we completely manage every aspect of keywords to SEO to, and even it could include the web building, but every blog, every social media post, all the connectivity, developing quality downloads, what we call freemiums, and then creating a work funnel. Like how do, if someone does this, then what email do they get? And when, if they download two of your things, then what email do they get? And if they did three, and when this happens, then what triggers? And, you know, we set all of these, what we call, we call them workflows up. And so it happens, right? Well, that's a very different client than the traditional agency of record client. Right. right. <laughs> you know, who wants to launch a product that's just very different. And so then we have people come in just for a project basis. You know, we might just build a website for somebody. Well, they need to know that, that they could just ask us and not be embarrassed to say, well, I tell you what, do you just build a website? That's all I need right now. Sure, we do that. Or a startup comes to us and is like, well, I don't, I don't have that much money for content marketing. I'm like, well, you don't, that's too much for you. That's not, that's not going to help you. You know, that's not the right scale. So we started this new, we're actually launching June 1st, this new package, like a DIY, like a, it's a platform builder booster, you know, kind of thing. So we're working on that right now, but it's really, it's a three month process just to get you back on the right track. And so this was my confession is that it, we were making it too hard for people who wanted to work with us to work with us. Mm. And couldn't we use our website to break it down and help them understand how they could get on board? Wow. Where's where's the where's the stepladder? That's that's so interesting because you would think that I mean, you guys know that you're easy to work with. You guys know that you're accessible, but yet how interesting that the feedback was, hey, I, how how do we even start this? Like I'm a little bit shy, I'm embarrassed. How what do I yeah. even do? Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. great. Yeah, and this is why we had to treat ourselves like we treat our clients. We had to ask ourselves the same questions. We literally ran ourselves through those paces. Wow. Said, what is wrong? And I pay for consulting. You know right. why? Because I believe in consulting. I'm a consultant. I believe in other consultants because you're too close to it sometimes. And you just, it doesn't matter how talented you are. You can't see your own stuff. Right, oh, exactly. It, when you're too close to it, sometimes you can overlook things that, you know, are, are incredibly important. Well, incredibly important and that aren't really when you have to have someone who knows when you're not being authentic. Right. And just for example, <laughs> go back to what I was talking about. I was writing new speeches and I went to my management team, to Beth and Brad, and I said, look, I'm really struggling, you guys. I mean, what do I have to talk about? And they're just laughing, you know, me going, um, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I know I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to get encouraged. I'm just, I'm literally too close to you guys. I, I don't know what's interesting. What's interesting that I say? Mm. And they're just like looking at me like, oh, Lordy, you need to go sit down. And they're like, okay, 
you're too close to it. You're overthinking it. And so I'm like, well, I need you guys to do it. So Brad ended up coming in later and we ended up talking about this and he quizzed me in a way and he reminded me, you know, that feeling that you're telling me that you're writing these things down and they feel inauthentic. Priscilla, that's your mantra. Don't do it. Throw that piece of paper away. Wow. And I needed that. I need to have that those kind of people around me. And then he just asked me a series of questions until I literally came up with that title. What I'd really want to talk about is why I highly recommend auto harps. <laughs> and that is obviously a funny way of looking at my story and why it's so important to be authentic, authentic in your podcast, authentic in your web copy, authentic in your all these other kinds of things. So that, that's a funny way of looking at it to say it, these things apply to everything. It's just that people rarely apply them to their website and they really have to look at their voice and how are they talking on their website. If it mm-hmm. sounds like you are talking to a robot that is currently on the production line in Japan. Right. Well, if that's your audience, great. But I'm thinking that there's nobody who's selling to that AI at this point. Right, exactly. (laughs) So you have to write for your audience. And that's a part of the content and getting people who basically can raise the red flag of inauthenticity when you start seeing things on your website that don't sound like you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and the other thing that's funny, because I used to have a a picture of my whole team on the front website. I don't know if you noticed, but it's just a picture of me now. Yes, it used to be a picture. And you know what's funny? It's like I made a mental note because obviously I've been to your website several times and it's like oh okay there's the team and then i noticed it swapped but it was it was such a innocuous change that it didn't really register like mm-hmm. deeply like wow that's true that is well, true. why'd you do that because i do feel strongly that the brand and what we do is built around my aesthetic and my way of thinking mm. And people come to us for my way of thinking. Now, I find that interesting because I have amazing people on the team that make it happen. Right. This is what my coach says about the different positions here. The CEO makes it up. The project manager makes it real. And the operations people make it reoccur. Mm. But at the beginning, people truly, and this was the feedback we got, people are coming here because they like my way of thinking and they like my way of doing. Right. Right. And I can have all kinds of crazy ideas, but then I have a lot of people around me who have very high follow through numbers in their um, work evaluations. And so they make it happen. And we are such an interesting blend of crazy ideas and actually doing it. We're, mm. we're, we bring those two things together. And I think you can have agencies out there that are like, oh, wow, they're really wacky. But does it really get done? And does it get done down to the detail? And we love the detail and we get that done. Personally, I don't. But that's why I'm not in that work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a limit that I have. But yes. I insist on that detail and I find the right people to do that detail. And at the end, we truly, and this is so funny, we are toying with putting this on our website and we haven't yet. We are a sleep improvement agency. And we are having conversations internally about that if we're going to use it or not. Because at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, people ask me, well, what is it you do? What's so special about what you do? I'm like, I make business owners and entrepreneurs sleep again. Wow. That is, that is, wow. I don't even know if you should put that in the podcast. That's like something you should trademark. That's really good. So this is what I'm saying. How that relates to content is that is your voice on the website the same? If someone walked into your place and they started talking to you, does it match? I do a client a big disservice by making their website little birdified. And yet they walk in and the guys are really serious and they want to talk about the global price changing in their market. Right. No, right. that's how they talk and that's how they interact and that's how they've won business after business and are being successful. 
that's what their website needs to sound like. It needs to talk to the right people and help direct them to the right thing and deliver the right kind of professional legitimacy. And for me, that's a much more whimsical. The picture on the front of the website of me, I'm laughing. Right. That was a requirement for me because you don't get through a meeting with me without us laughing about something. Right. Usually we laugh at ourselves. (laughs) It's brand consistent. And and then this is my thing. It needs to be clear what you do and who you work for and how they can work for you. How can they get on board? And that was what was lacking for us. Right. And so we had to we really had to revamp. So. Wow. Now, let me I I, want to talk about analytics. Okay. As we close up. But I want to touch on this because this is something I've been experiencing my day job and as a web surfer and consumer on different stores. This is something that drives me freaking crazy. What? When I go to a store website and I find something that I want, people, for God's sakes, will you please let me know if it's in stock or not? Like by going to the page and don't make me click on add to cart and then have it come up saying that I've exceeded the amount that I can buy or, oh, we're sorry, that's not available or it's not available for pickup or shipping in your area. If I go to the product page, Uh tell me it's out of stock. It's like it drives me crazy that I go and these are big name stores. Now, Mm -hmm. you you would know this better than I do, but I think it's done because they want they want to drive traffic like click through and things like that to their site and on their product and keep people on the page or, or whatever. But Sears, Target, who else? Like big name stores. I have to click multiple times uh-huh. to find out something's out of stock. That is really annoying. I, I think Ugh. it is possible that some of them have that as part of that strategy because they get that SEO, you're right, and they don't want to lose it. Right, right. Um, however, there are going to be some companies who simply don't have that because that is a really high-end database function. Oh, all right. That needs to be kept up. And if you don't get a company that is completely interfacing with their actual live inventory. Right, right. Which you see it. I mean, I see it all the time in like the economist ads, <laughs> the companies that are providing these kind of database server and connectivity types of connections. Yes. They're making crap ton of money doing this. I'll point out an interesting retailer, Zara, Z-A-R-A. Oh, out yeah, of Spain. yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I love them. But, you know, I mean, I travel around the world and, you know, I'll be in El Salvador or somewhere. I'll, I'll go to Zara. What's interesting is that they their system is so connected from the web to every single branch, every single store that they know actually what is what is trending in France, in Guatemala, in what's what are people buying in Greece or whatever. Oh, wow. And they literally don't make the product until the trends start happening and then they produce and send more out to that particular location. I did so not know every that. time you walk into a location somewhere else, which I do a lot, and this, you know, you'd have to be in big cities here, but I was out in San Francisco and I went into one. It, I wouldn't say it's a completely different store. Obviously, it's consistent with the brand, but completely different things wow. that, than what I saw when I was in Paris. And I'm like, oh, this is so interesting because they are responding immediately to consumer uh, trends. Yeah. And so that takes that web database a huge step further. But I bring it up because people have not sophisticated their inventory and actually connected it to directly to web and what's in a store. And that it always happens when people have brick and mortar and web. That's when that problem is happening because a lot of times those companies have put their, their brick and mortar inventory separately from separate from their web inventory. West Elm does that. 
Oh, really? I just had, I just had this experience. I was up in Kansas City and I wanted to get this other sham. Well, they're like, oh, well, that's not online. I'm like, well, why is it not online? But you have it in the retail and they completely keep those inventories separate. So I left the store with a printout that I, you know, I, I just had to hand it to my assistant. But yes. still. <laughs> And she had to ask me, what is this for? <laughs> and I'd say, I need this extra sham. They had the new duvet cover and they had one sham and I needed this other sham, but they didn't have it there. And I could not go online and get it, although there are plenty in their company mm. because the inventory for the web is done. And now they've pushed those things to the store inventory. And now I had to call the, not say I, sorry, Lindsay had to call the, <laughs> you know, a, a store in Texas who right. had it. And have it shipped to me. Mm. So yeah, it's so those things are surprising, but that's that's why those those things okay. are happening. Well, then now. that makes sense. So uh, all that to say, uh, Sears and Target knock it off. <laughs> yeah, so, quit. Now let's talk <laughs> a little bit good. about the analytics. I want to touch on this because I think okay. this is so important to have that feedback from your website. Okay, so people ask me about this a lot. Oh, what number should I be looking for? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Benchmarking is important, and I definitely want to start there. After that, it becomes idea of managing your trends. Okay, let's 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 get more viewers. Let's get people longer in a session. Let's be, find out what pages they're going to. They're going to these pages. Let's go improve those pages first. You know, and just trying to use your your marketing budget wisely so it's telling you things. It's just paying attention to it. But the interesting thing that I think that we deliver so well that never gets discussed. Nobody ever buys something at Little Bird Marketing because of this point, but I guarantee you it's like the best juju we ever offer back to the client. Right. That is on our dashboard. We have meetings about their competitors and wow. we take not only who their competitor, who they believe their competitors are. And then we go do research and say, well, we think these are your competitors. Then we pick a few that are way beyond them. <laughs> like, okay, these are your national competitors. So these are your global competitors. Right. And we'll put them on the same thing. We put them through the same system. We get a readout that has a beautiful chart that's just easy to understand. It grades them on four or five different elements. It does ranks Alexa, ranks Moz. And then we check on social media. We get number, like real numbers. How do you rank? Where are you? It's not a feeling. Oh, we're doing better than so-and-so. No, are you doing better than so-and-so? Right. Let right. me see. And that meeting that we have, that, that's a piece of our monthly meeting after we get through the, the three-month onboarding. That becomes a constant conversation that people think, oh, why didn't you tell me we would do I'm like, believe me. You wouldn't have believed me. You wouldn't have seen it as important then anyway. But let me tell you, now here's the good stuff. We talk about the competitors, and what it does sometimes is it ranks their websites and when you say, well, what could we do on our website? Well, let's go look at the people who are beating you out right now. What are they doing? And not because we want to mimic them, but because we want to understand what they're doing and maybe say, oh, okay, well, we could do that, but here's one better. We could do it this way or we could do it. You know, we want to make it our own. You have to be true and be authentic. Sure. But sometimes people feel like it's such a mystery how their competitor is doing better than they are. Mm. And they go, well, I checked their website. Yeah, but we need to run their website through analytics. Right. And see what analytics say, not what your experience says. Experience is something. So I think that analytics are not only important for you, but they're important to get analytics on your competitors. Wow. That's something I never considered that, well, that we could even you that you could even get. You know what I mean? It's almost like, hey, they're not going to let me know how they're doing. But I didn't uh -huh. know that you could actually run that through. Wow. 
Yes, we can for the wow. low, low price of yeah. a. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all legal. It's not like you're breaking into their uh, their oh, service. Yeah, it's all public domain. Yeah, this is no. We're just we're we just have a massive system that goes through and computes it. But it's computing your own website and ranking it on the exact same computation. So we're really looking at apples to apples here. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, it is now, very helpful. Now let me ask you this: Is uh, have you ever run across people that really? don't want to know how they're doing. It's almost like I don't, it's like I don't want to check my balance because uh, I'm afraid to see how little I have. Do you ever run into those people that say, well, I think we're doing good enough. We're fine. We don't need to, you know, go in that deep. Well, I run into them, but that's one of the first things. In fact, I have someone coming in um, and I won't name names, but my first question to them is, I, I don't get it. You're so busy. You can barely make this meeting. Why should we be talking? If you're so busy and have more money than you are comfortable with and more work than you know what to do with, then I'm not sure why we're talking. Now, now, there may be a very good reason, but here's the thing. I'm going to get to that reason right away. Maybe he wants to explain. I don't know why he keeps making an appointment with me and then not being able to make it because he's so busy. You know, and that could be function of a lot of other things that could just be management happening inside or maybe they're but maybe they're not working on the most profitable things. Maybe they're really busy, but not not on the best work. There could be a lot of things. I'm just saying I don't have that as clients ongoing and I've let other clients go because I'm like, well, here's the here's how we would grow to the next level. And they don't want to grow to the next level. I'm like, Mm -hmm. and that's when we're out. You know, we're we're a marketing company. That's all we do. Help yeah. people, you know, move the needle and grow to the next level. <laughs> so that's cool. I mean, I love it. I my my best friend works at a company who used us to start up, build a kick ass website. Ooh, now we have to use explicit rating. Oh well, there you go. We've <laughs> we've already taken it to another level. <laughs> and they, after uh, eighteen months, they like we don't need any more business. We're great. Well, we're still work for them. Like, hey, we need to order this. We need to do this. Or, hey, can we refresh this on the website? We'll do little projects for them. That's great. But they're really happy where their stuff is. And it's gorgeous. It's just beautiful. And they don't need anything else. Great. But they have us here when they need something. Mm. And so, but we don't, I'm not on retainer with them. I'm not doing something constantly with them. And they don't, they don't need to do that. What we did in the first 18 months when they launched literally solved it. Well, that's a dream. I'm not going to take money from somebody just to take it. I mean, I've got to be doing legitimate work that's moving the needle for them and making them more money. That's the whole idea of marketing is they should be paying us so that there is a return. Yes. So, yeah, that happens. But as far as people not really wanting to know, I don't think they get here at like, just don't tell me. Mm, Okay. You know? I, just, I just wonder because sometimes I've run into people that like think if it's good enough, leave it alone, or they don't really want to know whether they're performing or whether they're staying the same or whether right. they're diminishing. That's that's very interesting, and that's why I think, I mean, I myself have been such a big proponent of analytics on anything, even like my own little personal website. Right. You know, I'll have some sort of metrics in there to where I can go, oh wow, you know, I uh, I had uh, twelve visitors last month mm-hmm. or what or whatever i right. think that's super important and for uh you know larger companies that actually live or die by that right. i think it's i think that's even more so important oh it's totally crazy yeah it, it, it is surprising how people probably 90 percent of the people have come in and said they have never looked at their analytics wow. so i don't think it's willful i didn't want to know but 
that's got to be buried in there somewhere. So I'm, I think you're hitting on something that's pretty close to the, the truth. But it is surprising to me that as a business owner, so many of them just have not looked. And I'd have to say I will give them credit in that I think web designers in general as an industry kind of freelancer industry yeah. have made it very difficult once they build a website, they go away. You know, the the clients are left in the dark, have no idea how to fix something on their website, no, have no idea how to change something on the website. They don't, they didn't know they should keep it current. You know, it's just people. It's like always, oh, my brother-in-law can do this website for you, or my nephew knows how to. You know, it's just constant that kind of thing. So I think that they they don't ask and they don't, you know, they don't know to ask for that, and these people don't offer it, and so they haven't looked at them because nobody made it easy for them to look at. And we make our clients look at it. Right. This is where we're at. I mean, I didn't want to go to the meeting yesterday. I had a lot of stuff to do, (laughs) but my digital manager put it on my schedule and made me come to it, made me sit down and look at our analytics. Right. You know, I always have something better to do, but you know, on the other hand, I really have nothing better to do than to check where our trending is. And we, what we looked at was not only we look at the quarter, we do it quarterly, but the front sheet on it, is he gave to me is it goes dates back month by month um, with just interesting stats from 2014 on our website all the way to today. So when we're looking at problems, I don't have to wonder, well, is this really a problem? We identified two problems yesterday, but they're problems that we'd been at before. And so we're trying to assess what should we do about this? Wow. So yeah, analytics, super important analytics, benchmarking your own efforts and also finding out what other people are doing. Wow. You know what the one th- you know what I love about uh, doing this podcast other than just talking to you because mm. we have such a good time. Is it I, the auto harp? It, well, yes, the auto harp was uh, <laughs> like uh, right up there it right. tied with uh, talking to you, but I think right. I think it's like for me I learn so much in these conversations like, "Oh, wow, yeah, I oh, I didn't think about that before." Mm. Or or it sheds light light on something that Maybe I've thought about, but I didn't think was important. It's like, oh, that's a major component, right. and and I think it's it's so amazing. And I'm I'm sure, you know, without question, that our audience is is learning stuff too. And I think this is so great. And in fact, you know, listeners, we'd love to hear from you and find out what your experiences have been. Like, how has it been building your website, and how has it been tracking? All of the things that we talked about and how are you implementing that into, you know, a strategic marketing plan? And of course, you can always get in touch with us on the Little Bird website, on our Facebook page, or wherever you downloaded this podcast from. We would love to hear from you. And also, you can give us a rating on iTunes. We would love that. We don't want to forget that. So, listeners, uh, thanks again. And Priscilla, thank you. And this has been Ponderings from the Perch, the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur, Dan Ledbetter and Priscilla McKinney, saying have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.